Live from the studios of KTAR News 92.3 FM, it's the Whitfield Nursery Garden Show with Brian Whitfield. Everything you need to know to grow. Call Brian with questions at 602-277-5827. That's 602-277-5827. The Whitfield Nursery Garden Show, now on KTAR News 92.3 FM and the KTAR News app. Well, we're here, we're back, and it's a beautiful day here in the Valley, and uh, we're here live from uh, Sunny Slope, Arizona, on just a glorious uh, New Year's uh, Eve. And uh, just a reminder, we will be closed at uh, Whitfield Nurseries on New Year's Day. Um, we've got one, two, three, four lines available. Share it back here smiling. Give her a call, 602-277-5827. We can talk about anything you want to grow, water, plant, fertilizer, kill. If you have some new crop, fun, something fun and different you're growing at home, we would love to hear from you. We could talk about what we want to do to maybe prevent some of that heat next year or still plant a garden if you like to. Or if you're having a, a party for New Year's, we've got some beautiful flowering stuff at the nursery that you could take home and decorate with and be ready for tomorrow. But most of all, just enjoy each other's company. Anyway, we got John and Mesa after John. We got four open lines. The number to call 602-277-5827. Hello, John. Uh, good morning, Brian. Uh, first of all, I want to thank you for the nice wreath. And uh, your uh, people there at, uh, on uh, Cooper Road were kind enough to take it out to the car for me, even. Well, wonderful. Uh, really enjoyed that. Um I got a um, Meyer lemon tree that I bought at a different nursery, and uh, I didn't taste these before because I thought I knew what a Meyer lemon tastes like. Well, I've had it now for about five years, and they're sour. And uh, well, is it smooth? Is the skin real smooth, John? Uh, reasonably smooth, yes. Okay. Might be, it might be. It might be. Just didn't understand what a Meyer lemon was. <laughs> you know, they are. Well, they are still a lemon. And uh, well, here's the reason we got hooked on them mm-hmm. is we bought a uh, Meyer lemon up in the state of Washington, and it was kind of like in a dwarf, and it had a couple lemons on it. Mm-hmm. Well, we had that for about maybe five or six years. Mm-hmm. It grew to about four feet tall, and uh, my wife wired all the uh, branches, and it would produce up to like eight Meyer lemons at a time, and they were just delicious. Uh, Then I stopped by your store when I picked up the wreath, and I tasted your Meyer lemons, and they're not quite as sweet as that dwarf that I had, but they're much better than the one I got planted. Well, one part of it might be, John, is they're not really quite ripe yet. You know, the Meyer lemons, we start harvesting those at Thanksgiving, and they're a little green still, but that's just to get them in the store so people can have them for the holidays. But they'll be their best in about another month. And I was noticing we had a truckload because, you know, we grow them commercially. We got like 15,000 trees. And when the truck came in yesterday, they were colored up a lot better than they were two weeks ago. And I hope tomorrow's truck looks just as good. But they'll turn to almost an orange color when they're completely ripe. So while they're good, is is and the smoother ones, just for you know anybody's advantage to buy them, is the the smoother ones are usually a little bit uh, sweeter than the ones with a little rougher skin and have more juice. Yeah. But well, um, is there anything I can do to that tree to graft it? So well, I, I would I, I would think a Meyer lemon's all a clone, so it's all Meyer lemons, Meyer lemons, Meyer lemon. It, I mean, I'm not sure what type of rootstock it's on, but Meyer lemons work pretty well universally on a lot of different rootstocks. That's why you see them as a dwarf and a big tree. 
And we grow yeah. most of ours on a macrophylla rootstock because it's a fairly, you know, brisk grower and, and produces well. But um, I would uh, maybe don't be quite as anxious with your fruit and leave them for another week or two and see if they don't improve. Okay. Well, I, there, there must be hundreds on the, on this little tree. It really puts out amazing numbers. Well, I'll, I'll tell you what, once you take those Meyer lemons home tonight, you know, this year, you're already there. You take them in and put yeah. some ice in the glass and your favorite alcohol and just squeeze the Meyer lemon with nothing else. They're pretty spectacular. A couple of years ago when we had a New Year's party at my sister's house, I brought four or five cases of Meyer lemons. And we had so much fun by the end of the, you know, because now we're, we're hillbillies that grew up in a citrus orchard. I got to, you know, preface it with that, you know, and, uh, you know, we used to be able to, as long as we weren't throwing navel oranges, my grandfather didn't care what we threw. But we had my friend Big John and a whole crew in there, and we were, it was New Year's, and we were all camping out, you know, and, and had uh, drives home. But uh, we, we ate, ate those Meyer lemons and mixed it with all kinds of things and danced around my sister's kitchen. And uh, I'll tell you, a good time was had by all. And it brought back well, memories of having orange fights because by the end of the night, we were tossing Meyer lemons around the kitchen. But uh, as one who almost killed a cousin at the age of 12, I learned not to throw grapefruits hard at cousins because I actually knocked one unconscious one day with a grapefruit, just hitting him right in the chest. So my, my oh, poor cousin, no. Shane, uh, my grandfather, he laughed when I hit him and, and then we ran over and shook him and he came back to the world. So don't throw grapefruits, especially when you throw hard, but tossing a few Meyer lemons around tonight might be a lot of fun. And by the time you get the alcohol in them and you've had the third or fourth drink, you probably won't notice the taste at all. Okay. Well, one thing I do for breakfast is I just slice one in half, and then I uh, put a fork in it, and then squeeze it into a glass and fill it about two-thirds full. And it's actually pretty good without any sweetener at all. Well, what, what uh, I do almost every morning, John, is I've got a little, a little hand juicer, and I take uh, usually three Meyer lemons and just uh, one of those red Solo cups and just fill it full of ice and juice my lemon, and then I head off to work. You know, some people yeah, drink coffee, but I like my Meyer lemon juice in the morning, just, you know, straight juice. I'll put a splash of water in there, just enough to fill up the glass, and away we go. Yeah. Yeah, I've been having trouble finding a juicer that's appropriate. I looked all over, and I can't find one that I really like. It's well, you like know what? The juice. one I'm using for the Meyer lemons is just one of those hand press ones. It's a yellow one, and I'm not sure where my wife got it from. But it just folds over, and you just turn the lemon backwards, and you can squeeze in, in like, one of those big red Solo cups. You can squeeze the juice from like three lemons in there and just fill it full of ice and uh, just okay. a splash of water. And uh, yes. it's good for you. And, you know, and I just, I leave every morning with one just like that. And it's, it takes me all of about a minute to make them. I just chop them in half and squeeze them in there and put them on the ice and away you go. Hey, uh, I called you a while back about uh, uh, the woodpeckers getting into the uh, grapefruit tree. Mm -hmm. And I put up the, they had this mylar. Uh, red and silver uh -huh. uh, at Jeep, and I put those up, and uh, I haven't seen any of those uh, woodpeckers around since then. That's pretty good. I mean, seasonally, I've seen them used a lot, you know, the Mylar, and uh, I'm glad it's working for you. Oh, it is, and I'm really happy you suggested that. I thought about the lead, but I'm not that good a shot. No, well, it's, it's, it's actually illegal here in Arizona to, number one, to shoot a gun that's going to have any kind of projectile in the backyard. You could probably, I don't know if wrist rockets are illegal or not, but, um, you know, and uh, so we want to keep everybody happy. With fish and game, if it's a Gila woodpecker, um, you're not allowed to shoot those either. But oftentimes, that's not the bird that's causing the problem. Yeah. I, I used to have a... Uh, uh, back in Washington, 
I had a problem with uh, uh, geese and uh, some ducks and uh, and herons, and I get a. Uh, I don't know if you've seen it, but it has a, a cartridge that you put in it, uh, it, and then you fire it, and it goes out about 100 feet, and it goes bang. Oh, yeah. And uh, th- that really uh, was effective, but <laughs> I can't use that here. No, well. that wouldn't be too good in the neighborhood. But, um, <laughs> you know, you could probably get, you know, because it's New Year's, though, you know, they sell all these fireworks around town. So I, oh. <laughs> could, could you imagine if the bird's there and you just shot one of those little fireworks off underneath? That'd probably get their attention. <laughs> yeah, well, for sure. Well, Brian, it's always a pleasure. I uh, like to listen to you every Saturday and Sunday, and uh, you're really a delight. Uh, well, thanks, 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 thanks for being part Well, yeah, thanks for being part of the program. You know what? And I do the easiest program in the radio because I have wonderful people that participate in the program. You know, I, I don't know that there's many other shows that uh, take calls, but you know, we're we're fortunate enough to have so much input and uh, so many kind people to talk to and live here in this beautiful valley. That uh, you have yourself a beautiful, wonderful New Year's. Happy New Year's to you, and keep going. I just uh, love listening to you. Take care. Bye, bye, John. Uh, next, we've got Tim in Peoria. Good morning, Tim. Hey, good morning, and Happy New Year to you, Brian. To you as well. Um, thank you. Uh, I received a beautiful, small uh, guava tree for Christmas from uh, my girlfriend, and I'm not sure where to plant it in my room or my yard. I have a lot of shade between mesquites and uh, palo verdes, uh, but I I do have a uh, some area uh, towards the east side of the the uh, yard, which gets a lot of full sun, but um, again, the height of the mesquites uh, kind of shade it uh, late afternoon. So, well, you know that that, that, that and- Tim could be a very you know good location for a guava. You know, they they really okay. don't really need the hot afternoon sun, but they need at least probably five or six, maybe eight hours of sun in the heat of the summer, you know, a day to thrive. They're a tropical plant, and uh, but reflected heat would be bad. So the east side of a big mesquite would be fine. It's going to take, uh, you know, more water than mesquite does, but guavas are really fun to grow here. I would recommend not planting it yet, though. I would just keep it on the patio and plant it somewhere okay. after the 15th of February because they can be frost tender. We certainly are growing a lot more here now than we used to, but we haven't had real freeze in a long time. Yeah, she's got one that's probably five years old, and, I mean, it gets full sun all day, mm-hmm. and it's it puts out a ton of fruit. So that was kind of my concern, uh, that it would get afternoon sun, a shade, I mean. Well, afternoon uh, shade, as long as it gets, you know, like in the heat of the summer, like eight hours this time of year, four or five, um, you know, it should be fine. It doesn't have okay. to have full sun, but, it, you know, it's got to have a, a good amount of sun to to provide uh, the flowering and bloom. And then the fruit. So uh, pull out the Barbados cherry and put the guava there. Well, you can grow Barbados cherry there. That's not a bad place for a Barbados cherry either. Yeah, I understand there's two different types of Barbados cherries. There's like an ornamental cherry that's small, and and then there's the larger one that you usually eat. Eat more, I guess. Yeah, well, in that one, we've uh, we've already bought, you know, always bought the. I've never propagated them, and don't know that much specifically about the difference. But the ones that we've always handled have always been ones that came from Florida, you know, where they're kind of a weed and really easy to grow. And um, but they do produce a medium sized fruit, about the size of a mission olive. 
Okay. Uh, if I can ask a question about uh, indoor house plants, um, it it seems like um, between a lot of different sources that it's really important to keep the pot uh, pretty close to the like the base of the uh, uh, of the plant, uh, just uh, to consolidate the root root system uh, tighter. So it's better to transplant it every year for example as a plant grows than to put it in a big pot to start with well that's going to vary tim by the variety of plants and it does make watering and maintaining them a little simpler and it depends on what variety of plants you're going to put in how fast it's going to grow so most people usually move them up a size from an example like a 10 inch pot to a 12 or a 14 inch pot you usually don't see people moving a, a 10 inch potted house plant you know, very commonly it's like a 20 inch or like a bigger size pot like that. Though I don't know that okay. it, there's no reason why it couldn't be done. They're just going to root slower because they are contained in a pot and they're usually indoors. So they're not going to have as much light. So they're not going to grow as fast, but you know, that is pretty, that's pretty common. And, um, I don't know that uh, there's any specific reason why it has to be that way, but it depends a lot kind of on the soil type you have. And some plants do enjoy, you know, being root-bound. It doesn't bother them. And I've seen, you know, certain plants like ficus and, you know, different dracaenas, you know, stay in the same pot for, for 20 years, you know, so that can happen. And, uh, oh, and it kind okay. of limits the size of the plant, and it makes it easier to maintain. You know, once uh, many, many, many moons ago, it's, we're talking 40 years ago, I had these big dracaenas, the, the cornstalk plants that were in my home that were probably 12 or 14 feet tall. And I left those in like a 15 gallon size pot and maintained them for years. And uh, they did great. So as, uh, as, the lee, as it grows and the leaves start to droop down, I guess partly from growth, is it good to just trim those off? Well, the drooping down usually with most houseplants is going to be caused by light. So as they have less light, you know, foliage is going to elongate and lar get larger and droop down. And like, especially things like dracaenas, they're going to grow larger leaves indoors because the light's low. But where a lot of the houseplants come naturally is their understory plants in the tropics. So while you have the big tropical trees, the understory are things like spathophyllums and all these different plants that are house, what we commonly use for houseplants. And they work well in our homes because they take lower light, things like sansevieria, you know, lots of different things. But anyway, so most of the houseplants are typically kind of understory plants in a tropical forest. Yeah, this is a uh, split leaf. Mm-hmm. Uh -huh. That's, that's uh, for there's probably many different types. But. There's a lot of different philodendrons, but philodendrons in general and pothos and those things, um, you know, could do really well for a long time. Okay, cool. All right. Thanks for your answers. And uh, again, have a great new year. You too, Tim. Bye-bye. We're going to take a short break while we're gone. We have wide open phones. We have the lovely Shira. We've got it all here in the Whitfield Nursery Garden Show. Not only do we have Troy Barrett with the news, we got the lovely Shira that makes everything happen. You know, she's the one that does the phones, music, all the good stuff. And she's getting lonely back there and she needs a little attention before New Year's. I understand she has to work tomorrow too. So let's brighten her up. Let's give her a call 602-277-5827 277-KTAR
song somewhere and there's never a good point you know this has got to be my wife's favorite dancing song and uh i loved it i love to watch her dance this song anyway welcome back folks we got three open lines uh number to call 602-277-5827 you know sure if she doesn't make midnight because she's going to be here working tomorrow morning at six we had to play her at least one good dancing song <laughs> daniel and fountain hills up next number to call again 602-277-5827 hello daniel Hey, Brian, how are you? Joy in the morning. There you go. It's still early. Hey, Brian, here's a long story. I'm going to make it short. I moved to Fountain Hills about 17 years ago. I transferred a big, pretty tall 25-foot saguaro tree from my home in Mesa. When they tried to pull it out, there was a tap root. They buggered it. When they planted it in Fountain Hills, they planted it about six foot deep. The thing's been doing great for 15, 17 years. All of a sudden now, the, the tip's are starting to sh not shrivel, but shrink. And there, there's no wrinkles in it. They're just shrinking. Uh, I tried spraying water on the trunk to uh, get more water to it. And where the water's hitting, it seems to be doing better. Uh, is there something I can do to fertilize? Or I'm, I'm thinking about getting a long piece of copper and running some water down deeper along the uh, trunk or the the, the saguaro. What, what do you think, Brian? Well, I think that most of the especially here in town, had a terrible summer last year when it was hot and dry. And we've never seen so many saguaros have problems and fail as we did last year. Uh, now, typically on a, on a native saguaro growing in the ground, most of the root system is going to be in the top two feet. And that's where they collect most of the water from the annual rainfall. So what I would do is this, because yours has been transplanted, I would dig down along the trunk and see how deep the root system is. You know, just go out away from the tree about two feet and uh, just dig a hole and see where you find roots at. And, you know, when it's real rocky soil, they might be deeper, especially in light of the fact that yours was a transplant. So you do want to water it to where the, you know, basically the roots are. And if it's been that long, it's certainly regenerated a healthy root system. Um, but there's really nothing much to do with it this time of year. Okay, so right now it's pretty dormant. So I would wait and irrigate it this summer. You know, and summer starting for a, you know, a saguaro is going to be like mid-April. Okay. And if you'd water it once a month pretty well this summer, and if it's real hot again, we have record heat, you could change that up to once a week if you want to. But uh, at the same time, you wouldn't hurt to give a little fertilizer, but not now. You know, it's not going to use it all now. But like in April, just a balanced fertilizer, like a 20, 20, 20, and just a light dose would be beneficial to it as well. Super, super. Well, we'll give that a shot. It's good talking to you. Love your show, buddy. Happy New Year, Daniel. Bye-bye. Thank you, bud. Bye. Uh, Patty and Scottsdale. Good morning, Patty. Good morning. I really appreciate you having your show. I have a suggestion for keeping cats out of the flower beds. It's worked for me. Over the year, whenever I trim anything that has a straightish uh, branch that's uh, at least 12 inches long, I make bundles of those 12-inch pieces, let them dry out, stick them halfway into the ground in your flower bed, uh, sticking up about six inches and sticking down about six <laughs> inches, place them about four inches apart. Your flowers can still grow, but the cats think there's already something there, so they don't hop in. 
No, that's a fun idea, Patty. Yeah, it works. Yeah, it sounds like it works. It, it sounds like a good idea. You know, yeah. so it makes I it hard for them to uh, navigate. And so they, they've got plenty yeah, of other places to hang out. Good good things for those sticks are Australian bottle trees, hollyhocks, and lantanas. Well, thank you. When they dry out, they're nice and firm. Yeah, well, yeah, they're stiff enough that they're not going to... Yeah, I can't see a cat taking the time to dig them all out, so... Right. <laughs> I guess it's your we'll density that really makes it work. You as well, Patty. Thanks for the idea. Bye-bye. Thank you. Bye. Uh, Scott in Phoenix. Good morning, Scott. Good morning, Brian. I have a navel citrus tree that's about 60 years old in a grove of trees in our home around the Phoenix and Indian School and 60th Street. And um, we've had several trees die, and uh, they're starting to die back a little bit more and more. We've kept the trunk covered, and but we just I just think it's getting older. Is there something I can do to save this tree? It's our best navel fruit tree that we have well you know scott it's getting older and so am i but that doesn't mean we're going to die tomorrow so what uh, we probably want to do is a couple things if we can let some foliage come out down lower on the trunk so instead of just being okay. painted white if it's got some branches that come out down low you know above the rootstock so a foot off the ground but everything that comes off a foot off the ground i let those grow back out and just kind of fill okay. back in let's change its form till it's kind of a natural grove tree where it's more of a fuller bush form Okay. Uh And if it looks like it's still suffering, you could go ahead and take the top back some, you know, so cut the top of the tree down. So it makes a smaller, fuller bush and it will support itself better. And in fact, I've got a couple of trees at my house that somebody trimmed up a little high that we're going to do the same thing with this spring and, uh, and just reduce its size, let it grow up from the bottom up everywhere that the, you know, that's, getting hit by the sun at all on the trunk, make sure it's painted white to begin with, but then let the foliage come out and protect it instead of the paint. And that's going to really give it a lot of benefit from uh, the, the heat on the trunk and the cambium layers burning. And, you know, a lot of it in the west side of the tree is probably already dead, even though it's painted white, you can't see it. So let's just try and get yeah. the foliage down lower and keep it for another 40 years. Okay. We're, we're, we're getting some, I failed to tell you, we're getting some uh, damage in the top in the canopy mm-hmm. with some dead stock that kind of goes back to the, the trunk. Yeah, and so and then we kind of cut those off mm-hmm. and try to bring that. We're getting some more dead. Yeah, cut, 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 cut so those, cut those, the dead wood off the top and let it regenerate down below that. Okay, so that it comes okay. out thicker down below because those limbs that get up in the top they get sunburned too, you know, and they're really not doing anything okay. for the tree. So that's why I say really in, in probably the middle of February, let's reduce its size some. Okay. So go ahead and take that okay. top stuff all the way off. And if you want to be extra kind, if you're taking off branches more than about three inches, go ahead and seal them with a tree heel. That's the tar okay. type substance you can put on with, you know, out of the little can. Yes, kind of like tar. Yeah. So seal those with a tree heel. And, you know, March is a great time for them to really grow back out. How have you been feeding it, Scott? Um probably twice a year. Okay, let's let's th- just, this year let's be extra kind. Let's just change okay. the fertilizer to once a month starting on Valentine's Day. Okay. And do you have flood irrigation? Yes, we do. Okay. So if it's real hot this summer, water it once in between irrigations. Other than that, that should be fine. Great. Thank you so much. Thanks, Scott. Happy New Year. You too. Bye-bye. Uh, we're going to take a short break because we have Mr. Troy Barrett in the studio going to educate us about what's happening on Earth. And in the meantime, we have the lovely Shira. 
who's got to work tomorrow. I can't believe it. It's lovely. Sure, it's going to work. But she's here on the phones and music. Give her a call, folks. Tell her thanks for being here tomorrow, keeping up the spirit, and especially being here today. The number to call, 602-277-5827, 277-KTAR. Well, it's two eggs up on whiskey toast, home fries on the side. You wash her down with a roadhouse coffee that burns up your insides. It's just a Canyon, Colorado diner, a waitress I did love. We sat in the back beneath an old stuffed bear, a worn out Navajo rug. Aye, 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 Katie. Shades of red and blue. Aye, 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 Katie. Whatever became of the Navajo rug and you. Jack the boss, he left at six. It was Katie bar the door. She'd pull down that Navajo rug and we'd spread it across the floor. I saw lightning frame the sacred mountains, the wooing of a turtle dove. Just lying next to Katie on that old Navajo rug. Aye, 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 Katie. Shades of red and blue. Whatever became of the Navajo rug and you. Well, I saw Jack about a year ago. Said the place burned to the ground. All he'd say was an old bear tooth and Katie, she left town. Well, Katie got a souvenir too. Jack smiled as he spit out a big old plug. Well, you should have seen her coming through the smoke. She was dragging that Navajo rug. Aye, aye, aye. Shades of red and blue, aye, 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 Katie, whatever became of the Navajo rug and you. So every time I cross the <laughs> sacred mountains, the lightning jumps above. Okay, we're going to play the last one. It always sure. takes me back in time to the long lost Katie love. No, everything keeps on moving, everybody's on the go. You don't find things that last anymore Like a hand-woven Navajo Aye, 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 Katie Shades red and blue Aye, 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 Katie Whatever became of the Navajo rug and you Katie Shades red and blue This reminds me whenever I was young I was running a fruit stand with my grandmother When I was five years old Over at our nursery on Glendale Avenue we had a lot of fun, and uh, so we had a lot of customers that were Navajos that would come down, especially this time of year when it's navel season. I mean, there's nothing like navels in the valley, and they would buy navels every Saturday when I would be there selling navel oranges. Well, after a month or so, they, they would fill up a trunk or two full of navels and go back home and eat them up there where it was cold, you know, because it was snowing up there and things this time of year. And uh, they'd come back and they asked me if I could trade. So I went to my grandfather at the ripe old age of five. No, he was 55, but I was five. And I said, Granddad, can we trade? And he said, anything you want to trade for, Brian. So we traded for a bunch of old rugs. You know, they, they, there's a lot of beautiful rugs, but uh, they've had rugs around forever. And we traded for rugs. And uh, we had a big pile on the front porch, and he gave them to all of his friends. And they ate a lot of good oranges. And just a reminder of this holiday season. Uh, back to the phones, Ed and Tempe. But after Ed, we've got three open lines. The number to call 602-277-5827-277-KTAR. Hi, Ed. Hey, Brian. Hey, you know something? You brought 
you brought back some good memories. When you brought back the citrus fruit stand and things like that, I was I was about five years old, I think. I was an entrepreneur then. I was uh, hitting tourists up for a dollar so I could take a picture of a real American Indian. And my grandmother copied <laughs> my, grand, my grandmother copied by the scrub of the neck. And <laughs> so he's doing. And I just bring back the memory that <laughs> I got caught. Anyway, I'm, you know, I don't I don't have you and Dad. Or green thumbers. I'm a brown thumber, and I could verify that by giving you a text picture of my thumb and uh, <laughs> who I am. So here's the thing: uh, I have two questions. Uh, Dad, at one time, uh, I think he planted melons, and people are laughing at it because he was like early. And doggone if he didn't hit it just right. And he was in the market with three fields, and uh, did well. That I remember that a long time ago. So where can I find those big striped Texas melons, so the seeded ones? Well, they're called they're called all sweet. And um, if you want to come by my office, Ed, I'll give you some seed. I've got some. I okay. think I'm going to plant some more out in our citrus grove this year. And, uh, oh, you know, we had a friend named Joe that just like your father, you know, he planted some melons probably around a young citrus grove just to kind of fill in. And we're going to plant uh, some in our younger trees this year because our biodiversity, when we get those uh, striped watermelons growing in the field, it really uh, gives a lot of good predator insects that really help our citrus growth yep. along. In fact, we might even just tear out a few rows of trees this year just so we can keep some watermelons in there. But the other thing is those big old striped watermelons, uh, you know, there's nothing better. You know, so, uh, uh, no, you know, and they're, uh, I'm t- yeah, they're good. They're, they weigh I'm, 40 I'm pounds, tired. but <laughs> they're yeah. sweet. Oh, yeah. I'm tired of, of that little bitty, uh, tasteless, uh, uh, seedless ones, you know, I just, I don't know, but you know, uh, I'm going to, oh, I'll take you up on that. And the other question I, I did, Brian, it's getting harder for me to do any, any trenching is no problem, but getting down and doing sprinkler work, I'm getting older now. And well, I'll tell you what, it, it took me a while to do, do a job. And what I'm going to do, I'm going to do what my dad did. I'd like to know what's the earliest I could plant uh, seed for uh, Bermuda to take care of this one person's job, and and uh, I'd like to have your brains involved here. Whatever you want, whatever well, you say to you do can, it. you I'll... can plant it whenever you want to plant it, but it's not going to germinate and come up until it's about 60 to 65 degrees at night. Okay. So, so there's no reason to put it down April. early. Yeah, usually mid-April. Okay, I'll, I'll just I'll wait then. I, I, I was trying to defy Mother Nature, but you know she's smarter well, than both I, of us. I, guess. I, I I hope it's not sixty-five degrees at night before April. <laughs> oh my gosh! Oh. Anyway, guys, you, you have a you have a great New Year's and you stay healthy. And uh, I got something planned for you, so just please uh, enjoy yourself. And uh, like I said, just keep healthy. I'll catch up to you. All right, take care, Ed. Bye bye. Bye bye. Uh, Dennis and Glendale. Good morning, Dennis. Good morning, Brian. Happy New Year. And you as well. uh, thank you. Uh, I, what do you? How do you get rid of these clovers that are in your lawn? I mean, they just well. Grow, there's a couple uh, things. Do you have flood irrigation, Dennis? Uh, no, okay. just regular. So for right now, if you want to, you could spray them with a two four D product, like we'd be gone. Okay. Oh, we'd be gone. And that and that'll kill them. And if you keep it off your shrubs and trees, it's fine. It, it, oh it, yeah. It's a select. It won't kill rye grass or Bermuda grass, but it'll kill those, and it'll kill shrubs and trees if you get it on them. But the real yeah. key is, Dennis, is to put down a pre-emergent. Do you, do you okay. grow a winter lawn or not? Uh, no, no winter okay. lawn. I, I one came up, uh, but I didn't plant it. Yeah. Well, so what you want to do, Dennis, is next year um, in September, uh-huh. you want to put down a pre-emergent. Okay. And that'll control those guys. But if you want to spray them with 2,4-D, you can right now, and you'd still have to put a pre-emergent down again. But yeah. that would probably really help your Bermuda grass lawn if they're thick. Uh, come okay. back sooner. 
You know, and, and over our, our yard in the back last two years has kind of cycled into where we have a lot more because the trees have gotten big. We uh-huh. have a lot more dichondra and a lot less Bermuda grass, and that dichondra seems to keep a lot of the, you know, keep this the spurge out. Not to I, 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 I'm gonna I'm gonna try that this year, and when, once I can germinate the lawns. Yeah, well, you can yeah you can do, you can do that yeah dichondra pretty much like we just talked about like in uh, April May. April May. Mm-hmm. That sounds like a plan. And if you're going to do that, don't use any pre-emergent this time of year, but you can still put down the pre-emergent, you know, for the clover if you want to put that down, and it's really oxalis next year in September. Okay. Okay? Thank you. Thanks, Dennis. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Uh, Richard in Phoenix. Good morning, Richard. Yes, uh, Brian, thank you for taking the call. Uh, we've got a Mexican lime tree that we got from y'all in probably June of 2014. Uh, it's been great. It's probably about 13 or 14 feet high and full. We got about 3,000 limes from it last year. This year we only got about 300, but we figure that's because of the summer we had. But my question is, is there a good way to squeeze lots of those Mexican limes? Absolutely. Right now I use a, a, a big orange squeeze and throw four or five of them in there. But when you got three or four thousand of them, <laughs> it gets old. Well, well, you know how they're done commercially is they're pressed. You know, and, and that thing with uh-huh. and even like the little hand lime squeezers, you know, they're basically a press to press them. And uh, so I don't know of any good way to, you know, unless you want to do them Ryan and all. <laughs> okay, well, <laughs> no, we, we love the limeade. We, we squeeze the juice and we put it up in a whiskey ball mold and we've got a freezer full of lime juice for the year. Uh, I thought maybe there was some... Well, there's nothing that uh, I've ever seen. Perhaps another listener's got an idea, Richard, or or we could find something, okay. track something down the internet, but I, I've never seen anything, you know, slight of, you know, there's like the major commercial kind of places that press it all, and I, I've yeah. never, and then there's hand presses, but I've never seen, like, you know, you don't juice it like you would a regular lemon. It wouldn't fit. Um, so I don't know. When, when, when you learn, all right. when, I, I, when, I've when, seen... when you learn, Richard, you, and, you inform us all. Call us back and let us know how you're doing it, Okay. <laughs> Uh, well, I've seen the orange spice, orange uh, squeezers where you put in a, a bunch of them in a hopper and they slice it and squeeze it. And mm-hmm. I just thought there might be something without going full commercial. Yeah, not that but I've ever you. seen. Thank you, Richard. Bye-bye. Uh, we're going to take a short break. We're going to come back with Lynn in North Phoenix if you'd like to be after Lynn. It's very simple. All you have to do is call Shira, the number to call Shira. It's 602-277-5827. 277-KTR. We're here every Sunday morning from 7 to 9 a.m. on 92.3 FM KTAR. Should old acquaintance be forgot and never brought to mind? Should old acquaintance be forgot and days of old lang for old lang syne my dear for old lang syne we'll take a cup of kindness yet for old lang syne and here 
is a hand, my trusty friend, that gives a hand to thine. We'll take a cup of kindness yet for old Lang Syne. Well, welcome back, folks. And uh, that song is for my dad. I want to take a minute and invite you out to Whitfields. You know, Whitfields, we grow trees, all kinds, all sizes, from 15 gallons to big 48, 72-inch boxes. You can buy trees at Whitfields that are 20 years old. No, they're not ones that nobody wanted. They're just ones that we grew bigger out in the field and the farm. Whether you're looking for palm trees, citrus trees, desert trees like mesquites and ironwoods and palo verdes, wonderful fruitless olives, we grow it all right here in Arizona. Our original store is at 824 East Glendale Avenue. The East Valley at Cooper, which is the same as Stapley and Guadalupe, or 2647 East Southern Avenue, Southern Avenue, straight south of the Sky Harbor Airport. Now, we've got beautiful hanging baskets and great color if you're going to have a New Year's party. You want to brighten things up a little bit. And I think we've even got some of our organic Lisbon lemons at the nursery. So if you want to come by and pick up a whole case, you can get them from us. Or if you want to get some for your New Year's festivities, we have them at, uh, let's see, they're at... uh, the Safeway Albertsons Group. They're the whole Bash's family of stores. Now, the, the Meyer lemons are only at uh, AJ's, but they have a lot of our other lemons at, at places like Food City and Bash's. They load it up for the weekend. They're ready for you, folks. And we also have them at Sprouts and, of course, Whole Foods. That's the biggest Meyer lemon seller. You'll find them right in front of the stores. Whitfield Nursery for four generations. Growing wonderful food, beautiful trees, and just having a lot of fun with our family right here in Arizona. Um Next up, we've got Lynn in North Phoenix. Hello, Lynn. Hi. Good morning. Morning to you. I have a question for you. I received a Meyer lemon as a gift last Christmas in a pot, and it was planted in the ground in April. And amazingly, it made it through the summer unscathed. I was watering it once a week with a garden hose at a slow trickle. But now, come December, the leaves have started to turn yellow, and I'm fearful that my lemon um, tree is dying. Is there anything I can do to save it? Well, back back off the water, Lynn, right now. Okay. Okay, so if it's, you know... I haven't been watering it because I was afraid that... um, I was overwatering, so in November I did back off on the watering. Okay, and just check the soil and water when it gets dry. Probably once a small tree, once every two or three weeks. Okay, and then fertilize um, it starting in February around Valentine's Day, okay. and fertilize right. it once a month. And you could use like a twenty twenty twenty, or you could use citrus food or lawn fertilizer, or what we fertilize our farm with is chicken manure. And uh, okay. so we, we grow ours all organic. And aside from that, it should come out and do pretty well. Make sure you don't trim the trunk up too high so the sun hits the wood. And if the trunk okay. is exposed to the sun, go ahead and wrap it with a either a beach towel or a piece of cardboard or something to keep the sun off the trunk. All right. But fertilize once a month starting in February? Starting in February through October. Okay. Thank you so much. Thanks, I appreciate your help. Have a happy Bye. New Year. Bye-bye. You too. Uh, next up, we have Susie and Tempe. But after Susie, it's wide open, and we've only got about five minutes left. So you need to call Shira at 602-277-5827. Hi, Susie. Hi. Can you hear me? Very clearly. Very. You sound wonderful uh, this morning. Okay. Well, thank you. Good morning. Good morning. Um, 
I had an ashtray that I had removed, and uh, unfortunately, as it keeps decomposing, but what happened is I had somebody come and put some fill dirt in. Mm-hmm. Now, right where that sinkhole was is nothing but weeds. Mm-hmm. And I have a shamel ash, um, not a shamel ash, I'm sorry, a ficus about four feet away from there. What can I, I've tried pulling the weeds. I mean, I've never seen any such a patch of weeds and I, they were told me that the dirt was clean, but it's not. Well, you just have really good drainage there, Susie. That's, you know, when you take that tree out and the wood decomposes from that part of it and you bring some more healthy soil in there, it's a natural places for weeds to grow. So what we do in our organic orchards is we hoe them and we have to, you know, when we start off, we hoe like a hundred acres at a time. So that little spot shouldn't be too bad. And I'd just go get a hoe and just chop them out. And just chop them out. Yeah, okay. and you might have okay. to do it two or three times. But, you know, what's going to happen eventually, that ficus tree is going to get big enough to shade that spot. It's not going to grow weeds anymore. Well, it's pretty good size. I it already, um, uh, you know, when I had it planted, but mm-hmm. but the, that area keeps sinking. I mean, even after I had well, it, well, it is going to sink because what's happening is that old wood and the stump and the roots are decaying, and as they it's, decay okay. and decompose, they're going to. So you're going to probably keep adding soil to that area for a while. So I, okay. I, I, I would so expect just, that to be the case. Okay, just go ahead and dig it out because I was listening to what you were saying to the guy ahead about putting weed be gone. Yeah, you can spray it with weed be gone, but you know what? You know, for a small area like that, I would just get a hoe and hoe them out. It's not going to be that big a okay. deal. And, and the soil okay. is going to keep shrinking, so you're going to keep adding soil to that area. And it's before you know it, the ficus tree will get big enough and have a canopy, and you'll wish something would grow underneath it, and the weeds <laughs> won't come back. So it's just all part of nature. But yeah, if you can imagine us when we started with 120 acres and we had to hoe all those weeds out it was no fun but now as our citrus is that citrus is 13 years old we really get very few weeds in that orchard because they're the the ground shaded from the trees i see okay all right well thank you very much thank you have a happy new year you too bye-bye okay bye-bye uh paul and phoenix good morning paul Brian, you know what? Uh, two things. First, uh, first, I want to give you a song for next year that you can put on one of your one of your rejoin music. It, it, it's it, it's it's a Willie Nelson Ray Charles song. It's Seven Spanish Angels. Oh, I played uh, that one before. That's what you know. You, I, it, I used to play that song in my uh, truck. You know, that's a great song. I, well, I've got that that album on CD. Uh, and, and, my, you know, and I play that's one of the things my regulars I try to I try to mix it up here you know but that and it's a little bit song and and the thing with that song is so beautiful you can't cut into it what, what <laughs> album is that Brian uh, I can't remember but it's you know okay. I, I've got four or five CDs that are Willie Nelson ones in my truck and uh, that's one of my favorites well, well, I, I told Cher, I, I'm really not calling. I don't have any issues. You've already educated me a lot, and I, I, I still have to tell myself, self, turn the water off, because Brian says, don't, you don't need the water right now. And so I, I've got to remember to turn the water off, because I've got it set once a week right now. So I'm going to turn it off and, and let it let it rest for a little week. Is, is that correct? That's correct for, tr- for trees and things like that, not a ryegrass lawn, but for everything else, you certainly want to do that. And what we want to oh. do is we want to save our water, and then next okay. summer when it's 115, we want to turn that thing on to not let it go off, you know, because that okay. would cool our whole city down. Paul, thank you much. And well, uh, you know what? More and most importantly, Brian, I love you for everything you do and everything you stand for. And and thank you again for for being there for all of us. I appreciate you. Thank you.
Thank have you, have a good New Year's. Bye-bye. Right. You too. Happy New Year. And it looks like I just got to say goodbye, folks, because that's all the time we have left. Carrie and Margaret and Bob, I'll take you all off the air. Let's go out and love each other, be kind, and enjoy this New Year's. And hopefully we can celebrate it and have a more peaceful world. And we can, you know, take our hearts and find people with more diversity and, and work amongst each other to be a stronger nation. And we got to remember the one thing that we can actually control in life is our attitude. And that's our own choice. Nobody can control our attitude to us. And uh, we just need to love each other and work together. And uh, I think we'll just have another beautiful year like we did this year and we'll be back next year with the Whitfield Nursery Garden Show. Have a nice, safe, fun New Year's. Bye-bye.